Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. One of my young people, when they found out I was preaching tonight, actually said, you better warn them to get their notebooks out and their pens ready because there's a lot of scripture coming their way. So I'm going to preach the way I know how to preach, and that's with a lot of scripture. Is that okay? So let's get into the word. Let's open up to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Now, therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the people of Israel. Let's flip over to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. It's just before 2 Peter. Verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray. I thank you, Father, for your mercy. Thank you, Father that you formed us into a people. I thank you, Father, that we are holy because you are holy, not because of anything we have done, but because of everything you did. So I thank you, Jesus. Touch hearts tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask that the words fall on fertile soil. Let their words not be my words, Lord. Let there be your words tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know me, my name's Thomas. Um, like I said, I run the youth ministry here at City Location, and I grew up in Perth. In 2019, I moved over, yeah, Perth, that elusive place over in the west, um, yeah. But I moved over to Melbourne in 2019 um, after a bit of time in Europe and started my university degree. I studied psychology and applied linguistics, which I know the next question, what is applied linguistics? Well, it's all about language. So we study syntax, pragmatics, semantics, phonology, all that stuff. We get in the depths of it. So if you don't mind, I'm actually going to start with just a linguistics problem tonight uh, that we need to be on the same page of before I can move on. Is that all right? Sounds good. So there's some images that are going to come up behind me just to help me out. Let's start with the first one. Now, we're talking prepositions. There's, there's a problem with prepositions I need to, I need to get out of the way. Now, the, the image on your left, my right, that image is Lego with a house. A house with Lego. That is a house with Lego. But if you look over this side, it's a house of Lego. A house with Lego, a house of Lego. Okay, let's go to the next one. The next one, now this is a ring with gold, and this is a ring of gold. A ring with gold, and a ring of gold. Let's go to the last one. Now this is a man with steel, and this is a man of steel. (laughs) 
We are not a kingdom with priests. We are a kingdom of priests. The priesthood of all believers is not the person standing up on the platform. It's all of us. So tonight I want to talk to you about the kingdom of priests. Because all of us are called to be priests. But we need to know what that is. We need to know why. And we need to know how. So, this is a kingdom of priests, not a kingdom with priests. In Exodus, God actually gave a promise to the Israelite people that if they obeyed the covenant and all of his commands, he would make them a kingdom of priests. But when we come to 1 Peter, Peter doesn't use an if. It's a you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. The work is complete when we get to 1 Peter. And we, we need to keep working in that completeness of the work in 1 Peter second. First uh, Peter 2, chapter 9. It's not the pastor and the congregation. It, it, it's not Pastor Cherie the evangelist and the rest of the people. We're all called to be priests. We're all called to carry the image of God. We're all called to advance the kingdom. We're all given the great commission to disciple nations. It is not one and the rest. It's not Jesus and us. It's all of us together. He is our great high priest, and we are the priesthood around him. We are his hands and feet. He is the head. We are the body. It's not a kingdom with priests. It's a kingdom of priests. So I'm talking to every single person in this place tonight. Now, there is a slight difference that I hope you picked up between the Exodus 19 priesthood and the second first peter two priesthood exodus has a condition if you obey and keep my covenant i will make you a kingdom of priests a holy nation my treasured possession if you obey and keep my covenant. See, that priesthood was predicated on man's behavior. It was predicated on man's ability to serve God. It was predicated on our ability to be holy. But we have a new great high priest, not after the order of Aaron, not a Levite, but from the tribe of Judah, a great high priest that died on our behalf, a great high priest that was the once and for all sacrifice. What changed? Luke 23 happened. Jesus died on a cross. And the veil was torn. And there was no longer a separation from God's presence and the rest. There wasn't this ritual that we had to do to enter the presence of God anymore. It became a believe and confess and you can step in. Believe and confess and you can step in. Believe and confess and you are now in the royal priesthood. You are now in the family of God. You are now a son and daughter of Christ. This is the difference. In Exodus, we had to pay for our priesthood. In the New Testament, Jesus paid for our priesthood. See, we're not a priesthood because of anything we've done. I'm not actually standing on this platform because I passed an interview. <laughs> well, I'm not standing on this platform because I've done anything great. I'm standing on this platform because God 
put a call in my life the day before I was even born. He knit me in my mother's womb. It's not anything I did. It's not anything you did that makes you a priest any longer. It's not your holiness, but his holiness that makes you a priest any longer. In Revelations 5, verse 9 to 10, we read about this. Revelation 5, verse 9, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you, Jesus, to take the scroll, to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. For every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. In 1 Peter 2 verse 10, 1 Peter 2 verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We did nothing to become priests. Some of you are like, that's all great and good, Tom. But I thought we don't have to go to a priest anymore. I thought uh, when we got into the New Testament, you know, you, you were talking about Jesus' sacrifice once and for all, right? That means we don't need priests anymore. We don't need them. We're all good. I don't have to sacrifice a goat to come into the Holy of Holies. I don't have to do any of that. It's great. It's a lot cleaner. I can just go through the great high priest God, uh, Jesus to my Father in heaven then why are we called priests? You see, we are priests with a purpose. We are priests with a purpose. Priests in the Old Testament were there to enable the people of God to live close to God's presence. We don't need that anymore. We can actually live in God's presence. Isn't that great? But now we actually have a purpose of the priesthood. And we read it very, very clearly in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Sorry, it's in verse 9. <laughs> so it gives us our identity first. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. That's our identity. But there's a reason for that identity that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you may proclaim. See, see, we have an identity that we may proclaim his excellencies. We were made a priesthood that we may proclaim his excellencies. We were made into a people who had received mercy that we may proclaim his glory among all nations. You've got to understand who Peter's writing to. In 1 Peter 1 verse 1, it tells us, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. I'll check if I pronounce that right later. But, to the chosen elect exiles. Now, this, some of these would have been Jews. Okay, Jews that believed in Christ, that were following him. Others would have been Gentiles that came to know Christ. Peter is writing to a chosen people in foreign lands in hostile territory. The promise in the Exodus to the Israelites that he would make them into a chosen race, a royal priesthood, was to a people group that were about to go into hostile territory. 
He made us a priesthood because he knew that we were going to go into hostile territory. We're a priesthood because we can enter the presence of God. He knew we were entering in hostile territory, so he gave us the presence of God. He wanted to make Israel a priesthood because he knew about the enemy that they were going to come up against. But they actually decided no. Jesus, uh, sorry, Moses on the mount actually receives all of this, goes to the people, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. It'll be great. We're going to be a royal priesthood. Exodus 32 happens. <laughs> they don't obey the covenant. In fact, in a few verses, after they say they would obey the covenant, they break the first three commands of the covenant. <laughs> so they became a kingdom with priests and not a kingdom of priests. They forfeited their right to the helper in the, ex- in the foreign land. They forfeited their right to the helper in the enemy's territory. But the perfect thing is, is that we have Jesus. We don't need to forfeit our right for our helper in the foreign land. We don't need to forfeit our right in the enemy territory. Can I tell you, young person who has to go to university tomorrow, you better hope you hold on to your priesthood because you're going into foreign territory, you're going into enemy territory. Let me tell you, young person, young adult that's going into a a workplace tomorrow that has to grow out of bed, let me tell you, you better hold on to that priesthood. You better hold on to the promise of the Holy Spirit. You better hold on to what Jesus did for you because you're going into enemy territory. But we're not called just to go as priests. We're actually called to conquer. so that we may proclaim the excellencies of God. We're given a promise to be priests. We enter into the holy of holies. We become one with God. We're son and daughters of God. We are the royal priesthood, not just to enter enemy territory, but to take it back. But to take it back, right? This is missionary and witness language from Israel. The promise to Israel was that the ble- a blessing for all nations would come through them. This language that First Peter is using is that language, that we have a mission to witness to all nations. Because Peter was there when Jesus gave him the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 25, uh, 25, 21. Go into all the earth baptizing them and teaching them to obey the commands of the Father. uh, Peter understood that we were made priesthood, we were made priests to carry the presence of God with us because that was the responsibility of the priesthood so that we may proclaim the excellencies of God, so that we may actually disciple nations and cities, so that we would actually baptize them, so we would teach them to obey the commands of God. Priests, in a New Testament context, are like ambassadors. Ambassadors do not represent their own interests. Ambassadors represent the interests of the one that sent them. Ambassadors actually carry the authority of the one that sent them. We're ambassadors for Christ. We carry the authority of the one who sent us. We carry... we actually are here to bring to pass the desires of the one who sent us. We're ambassadors as a priesthood. 
We don't serve our own interests anymore. We serve his. And his interests are very simple. That all earth would come back to the knowledge of his father. That all earth would come back to relationship with him. That the entire world would be disciples of Jesus. Would be a friend of God once again. Now, if you've seen an embassy before, even if you haven't seen one, you probably know about an embassy. An embassy is actually physical territory in another country for that country's embassies. So, uh, when I went to Italy, I had to go to the Italian consul. uh, Consul? Consulate, thanks. Um, The Italian consulate, which is like a mini embassy. And they have all Italian things. All the people are speaking Italian, the Italian flags up. It's Italy in Australia. Another language for God's people is actually a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're meant to be heaven on earth. As ambassadors of Christ, we're meant to carry heaven on earth. So that not only when we come to church, we get to experience heaven on earth, which is really, really great. But actually, every single place you go, you're meant to experience heaven on earth. You're meant to represent the interests and desires of the one who sent you, Jesus Christ, to save the lost and reconcile their souls back to the Father. When I was in year eight, so I I gave my life to Christ in year seven at a youth camp. And I, told, uh, I tell my young people that when I did that, the devil got my number and he harassed me for a long time after that. Let me tell you, you didn't win because I'm preaching tonight. But in year eight, I received a vision for my high school. I saw that there would be a prayer meeting of 100 young people at my high school. I'm going to spoil the ending. It didn't happen. But there's a few reasons it didn't happen. Not because it wasn't of God. No, no, I know it was of God because I actually had multiple multiple confirmations. So it was of God, but it didn't come to pass. You see, I didn't understand that it was not my pastor's responsibility. Because I actually went to my youth pastor. I'm like, "I, I, I see... My, my high school with a hundred people coming to a prayer meeting before school. And he was like, that's great. Now go and do it. I wanted him to do it for me. I wanted him to pick up my anointing, my calling, my discipleship and do it for me. He didn't. A little while later, I figured that out. And so I started to actually try to do it myself. But then... I came up against a feeling of inadequacy. I was like, why, why would I lead a, a, a prayer meeting? I've got brokenness. I failed to realize that Jesus was the one that paid for my priesthood, that Jesus was the one that put the down payment for the Holy Spirit to come into my life, that actually wasn't anything to do with me, but everything to do with him. So I got to year 12, and it still hadn't happened. And there was a youth ministry inside our school and I thought, you know what, they're doing great. They've got a couple of young people coming to their lunch programs. It wasn't a prayer meeting. And I forgot the purpose that he'd instilled with me in year eight. And I didn't see the vision of God for my high school come to pass because I forgot the purpose for my priesthood. I forgot the reason why I was saved to outwork the desires and interests of the one who sent me 
Jesus Christ. You know, our kingdom culture value of discipleship is not optional, comes with a question. It's who are you discipling? If you're asking who's discipling me, hey, go back to last week's messages. We solved that problem for you. It's called a life group. You no longer have to ask that question anymore. You're being discipled if you're in a life group. Problem solved. That's why our question is, who are you discipling? Why? Because your identity is a royal priesthood. You are a chosen race. You are a holy nation. And if that is your identity, the action has to follow that. You do because you are. You don't, be, you don't become because you do. Doing all the things that encapsulate marriage doesn't make me any more married than I was before. But once I am married, I better act like it. I better stop talking to the girls that I shouldn't be talking to. I better stop doing the things that I used to do because now I am, so I do. If you're a follower of Christ, you are a disciple of Him. If you're a follower of Christ, you are a royal priesthood, so you better act like it. Because we all will give an account. Can the band come back for me? Just going to close up. Our job as the royal priesthood is to represent God to man through the gospel that he gave us, the good news. You've already been given the tools. If you don't feel confident, do sharing Jesus confidently. Become confident in the story that you were given. Our job as the priesthood, the royal priesthood, is, rep- is to represent man to God. We must actually pray for our friends. We must actually pray and bring them before God and ask for their salvation. Petition God on their behalf. Intercede for them. We must actually live righteously in an unrighteous world. First Peter, after he tells us that we're a royal nation, holy, holy nation, royal priesthood, tells us to proclaim the excellencies of God, he then tells us to be holy and to live righteously so that when we speak, our life is congruent to it. First Peter 2 verse 5 tells us that we may... Uh, where am I? First Peter 2 verse 5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Why? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're asked to offer acceptable spiritual sacrifices. We no longer bring our goats and our rams and our sheep and our pigeons. We bring our prayers. Bring a sacrifice of worship. Hebrews 13 expands on what spiritual sacrifice is. Verse 15 to 16. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. A spiritual sacrifice is the fruit of lips that acknowledge him, not self, that acknowledge him. It continues in verse 16, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Priests still have to sacrifice. We still have to sacrifice. Not for ourselves, not for someone's salvation. But spiritual sacrifice is holy and pleasing and acceptable to God. A sacrifice of praise 
exalting his name above all things, exalting his name above our own. A sacrifice of actually doing good. A life congruent to the gospel that we bring people. An example set so that when we preach, First Peter says, so that when you preach, they actually can't bring against you an account of unholiness. Sharing what you have. If you don't have anything, you have the gospel. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. So act like it. That's my translation. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.